Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Okay, well, praise God. Uh, it's a good day. Welcome back, Wisdom and Stuff Podcast. This is Daryl Boucher. Uh, it's such a glorious day. This is the day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad in it. Praise God. We're going to carry the kingdom into today. Glory to God. We get to steward heaven and the earth today. We are the perfect and highest channels to do that. If God had a better channel, he would have picked that, but he picked us because we are the highest channel to get the kingdom in the earth. Glory to God. This, this, this is good news. Uh, today, I want to get into something, uh, just talking about the love of God. And uh, and this is the love of God is, is is it says that He commends His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners He died for us and there's a great love with which He loved us right and it says in John First John says that we know and believe the love that God has for us and I encourage you if you don't if you just are not familiar with the love of God or or if it just I just believe it needs to get bigger on the inside of everybody. I don't think I don't think anybody here on the planet yet has just the the fullness of revelation of that love. But that's what it says in Ephesians chapter three. And I'll probably go through another podcast sometime just going through Ephesians chapter three. Uh, but Ephesians chapter three, you know, just has to do with it says that that when we understand the love of God that passes knowledge, then we're filled with the fullness of God here on the earth. That we literally can be filled with the fullness of God on the earth as we have an understanding and revelation of the love of God for us. And so, anyway, here in in First John, though, First John, I love the book of First John, um, and there's no pun intended with that, haha, because uh, it's all about love. And John's the love guy, right? John, John is the one who you know I love John so much because there's like four or five times in in the book of John uh, that he wrote where he he called himself the one that that Jesus loved. And if you if, if you want to know something about yourself, at least know that. Speak that over yourself. I'm the one that Jesus loves. I'm the apple of his eye. I'm the one that he adores. He can't get enough of me. You know, I, he just, oh, he just, he runs to me every day. He can't wait till I wake up every day so I can fellowship with him. He can't wait. He just, he's just, I, I am his Christmas gift every day. And we need to just get that in our hearts. We need to get it in our mouths. We need to get it in our consciousness. We need to understand that we are not a burden to him. We are not, you know, his problem child. We we are not. I remember that one time when when uh, uh, you know God asked me. He said he said what kind of child are you? And uh, and I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, what kind of son are you? You know you know you're the son. Uh, you know you know you're my son. But what kind of son are you? And then I began to ask the Holy Spirit what he meant by that. And I realized, oh, I still had some insecurities because I was thinking I was the problem child, or I was the one that always needed help with something, or I was the one that was always behind. You know, like I was a little bit slow on the uptake, so I I, I needed you know special attention all the time, or I was the one that was always getting into trouble, or I was the black sheep that was always you know whatever it was. But he's like, no, 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 that's not who you are. See, I, none of us are that. And we need to have the right narrative about ourselves. We need to have the right understanding of who we are. We are born of love. We are we were made, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in the secret place of God. He made us on purpose, fearfully and wonderfully made in his likeness, his image. When he made us, it blew him away. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh my goodness. We are we are a fear and a wonder. When God made us, he was like, Oh, look at this, but look at this. No, 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 no. He goes, I, I know, I know I've made a lot of children. I know I've, 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 I've formed a lot of children in my likeness, but look at this one. That's who you are. Praise God. And uh, the angels are in awe of you. The angels are in awe of us as children of God. And so, 
Uh, he, but here it says in First John chapter 4, it says, uh, verse 17, it says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And you know, a lot of times we'll quote the verse, as he is, so are we in this world. But in the context, it has to do with love. It has to do with the love of God on the inside of us, that God is love, right? He is love. Love is God and God is love. And so as he is, as God is, as love is, so are we in this world. We actually carry the love of God himself into this world. We are the channels of that love, praise God. We are the conduits of that love. And then he goes on, very next verse. It says, there is no fear in love. Right, we know that in Second Timothy, he says, he's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. But here he says, there is no fear in love. Love and fear are the opposite. Right, fear is a constant um, uh, uh, awareness or perception, I should say, of separation. Fear is the threat of separation. Fear is the perception of separation. Fear is 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 constantly thinking that something is going to happen that's outside of our control, and that comes from a sense of separation from God. Because when we're alone, when we're absent of God, then things can 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 happen to us that we can't control. And so there's a fear that something harmful is going to happen. Something's going to steal from us. Something's going to take from us. Something's going to injure us. Something's going to harm us. And so there's a threat uh, because we there's something that's bigger than us that we can't control. And that's what fear is. But it says there is no fear in love because love is oneness. Love is union. Love is not just a feeling of, of, of amorousness of, as far as it's not just being infatuated with someone. I mean, that's, that's part of love. Love is, love is crazy. Love is like, you know, love doesn't make sense. There's, there's, there's only, I love, love is so cool. There's a, that, that old queen song, a crazy little thing called love, not edifying at all. But anyway, but, uh, but love is crazy. Love, love doesn't make any sense to not the, to somebody who's not in love. You know, but but to somebody who's love, then then the context is different. When when you go, oh, yeah, I I um, you know um, you know the, the the things that you do for your spouse, the things that you did before you were married or even after you should be doing it after you're married. But the things that I do, you know, people look on that doesn't. Matter. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? And I remember you know, I was talking with somebody one time, and, and they, they we weren't even talking about love. We weren't talking about anything, but they were they were asking me about something about uh, Rachel. I was go, oh, I was doing this, and they they they, they said something that was very logical and you understand I, I I can think logically I'm not I'm not you know ill-equipped for that but they were saying something that was very logical but in my context it, it had no con it had no bearing at me at all and so they said something and all I could say is I go well it's just because you don't know what they didn't they, what didn't they know see logically what they were saying made sense because what I was doing didn't make sense to them. And they were like, well, yeah, but da, 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 da. and they were they were they were they were they were creating a case logically as why I shouldn't be doing what I was doing, and and I said, but you just don't know, and and they, the, the conversation didn't really go past that. But you understand, what didn't they know? They didn't know. They didn't know I'm in love. They didn't know I loved. That's that's the problem. They don't know about love. Love changes the context. Love, love doesn't ask what makes sense and what doesn't make sense. Love is radical. Love is crazy. Love just things that just doesn't make sense to anybody. But it's just love, right? It's love. It's the love of God. He commends his love toward us. That while we are sinners, he dies for us, right? And that's why, he's, that's why he says in Romans, he goes, well, peradventure, maybe even for a righteous man might one die. But, but 
but to, for sinners, that doesn't make any sense. Because peradventure, maybe for a just man or a righteous man, one might dare to die. Maybe. If someone's righteous and just, maybe somebody would die for them. But God commends his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. <laughs> oh, glory to God. See, love, love is different. Love changes everything. Love doesn't need an explanation. Love is not on the logic meter. Love literally says, oh, but if you knew I loved you, if you knew I, excuse me, if you knew I loved you, 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 this would make sense. If you knew I loved you, you wouldn't need an explanation. If you knew I loved you, you wouldn't need to know why I do this for you. If you knew I loved you. Right? Because if I, when I love you, I don't need a reason. When I love you, I don't need, I don't, I don't need to have a why. When I love you, I don't need you to, 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 to perform for me. I don't need you to earn it. I don't need you to, to come up with reasons why you deserve this or you deserve that. I don't need that. I just love you. This, this is just love. It says there is no fear in love because perfect love wasn't do it. Casts out fear. Poor God. Perfect love. There's no, ah, it says because fear has torment. Fear will torment us, right? Fear will be that constant voice that is threatening, that is saying we're not measuring up, that's saying we don't have or saying we won't have or saying what do we have to do? What do we have to do? What do we have to do to produce? What do we have to do to be to be enough? What do we have to do to earn? What do we have to do? Da, 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 da. And, and yet that's all tormenting because he that fears, it says, is not made perfect in love, but we love him because he first loved us. Oh, I love that. We don't even come up with our own love for him. My love for him is only an expression of his love for me. That's it. And the more I love, the more I understand how loved I am, the more I can love him. My love for him is in direct proportion or ratio to the, the amount I know he loves me. It's not in just reciprocation. It's not, it's not, it's not like, it's not like a, a payment system. It's an expression that I'm filled with the love of God. And, and this love, oh my goodness, this love is, it knows no bounds. He is love. And so the natural expression of God's love is just dying for humanity. That's a natural expression. It's a great love with which he loved me, praise God, but because that's his nature. It wasn't like he, like he was extending his love going, well, if I have to love him this much, then I guess I'll do that too. No, he literally said, is that all it takes? Is that all it takes? If, it, if that's all it takes, then I'm in. I'm all in if that's all it takes. If that's all it takes to have union with them, if that's all it takes to have them back, if that's all it takes to actually get the, the ones that, that are the lover of my soul back with me, if that's all it takes, then, man, that just sign me up. I'll run to do it if that's all it takes because his love for us is so great. His love for us is so limitless, and we're worthy of that love. His love, his love is... is Oh, praise God. His love is not uh, his love is not undeserved. His love is unearned, but it's not it's not undeserved. I deserve his love because he created me to be loved. He created me to be loved. So I deserve that love, just like your child deserves your love. Your child can never earn your love, but it, it, that that child deserves your love every day. And we deserve his love, this love that knows no bounds. And his love is shed abroad in my heart. And it, I love him because he first, as I love him as an expression of his love for me. I love him. I can love him with the same love that he loves me. Praise God. His, because his love is shed abroad in my heart. Now, this love, I tell you, I just, oh my goodness. If 
I just want us to, to get a hold of this. And I know I, 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 there's no way that I can actually get into this, you know, in, in a short amount of time. But I just want you to give a ta- get a taste of it. I want you to see this here. And I, notice what it says over here also in, in 1 John chapter 4. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So now, once he said, because we know, once again, we know that the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. It says, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby, we know that we dwell in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. So here he is. He goes, if, if we want to know if we have the love of God, then do you have his spirit? If you have his spirit, then the love of God is settled forever. If you have his spirit in you, if you've been born again, then you have his spirit. If you know that his spirit's in you, then this love of God for you has been settled forever. This is herein know we that we dwell in him and he in us. We know we have oneness because the Spirit can't indwell anything less holy than himself. And so he actually recreated us as new creations, not so that we could do a higher thing, but so we could be with him in a higher way, so we could actually have oneness and that everything we do would come from that place of love. And here he says, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. Verse, this is first, first John 4, verse 12. It says, if we love one another, I love this, if we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. Now, what we read earlier there, it says that, that uh, a perfect love casts out fear. And it says, if we're still in torment, if we still have fear, then his love hasn't been perfected in us. And here he says, this is how we have the love perfected in us. It says, if we love, it says, if we love one another, God wills in us, and his love is perfected in us. Praise God. So if we want to know how to grow in love, then what we do is we begin to express that love. We literally begin to express that love. Um, investment will always heighten awareness. That's a simple principle. Uh, you know, we, we, I remember one time we, uh, uh, and maybe this has happened to you. I'm sure it has. It's happened to a lot of people I know. Uh, it's just a natural illustration of this, that when you buy a car, you know, suddenly you start seeing that same car everywhere, you know, the same make and model or whatever. And when you bought it, it, it wasn't necessarily because you saw it everywhere. It was because you, you, you liked it. But I remember we, we bought a, uh, a Camry years ago. We bought a Toyota Camry. And, uh, and it was, uh, we bought it in, in, uh, we lived in Seaside, Oregon. We bought it in Portland and, uh, and the, or in Beaverton, I should say, but anyway, uh, just outside of Portland, but we bought the, this Toyota Camry and it was a periwinkle color, you know, kind of like a purpley blue color, you know, it was like a periwinkle color and Rachel really liked the color and I didn't really care either way. And, um, uh, so, uh, but it was nice color. I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying I didn't like it. I'm just saying I just didn't really, it was okay. And so, uh, it, it was, it was fine. And so, uh, I was totally happy with it. And so was she. So we bought this Camry and, uh, and we literally had never seen a car, you know, that looked like that at all. It's Periwinkle Camry, you know, and, and, you know, even the, 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 the dealer's like, well, it's kind of a unique color. You know, I was like, yeah, Periwinkle, who has Periwinkle Camry? I don't even know, you know, any, any kind of car Periwinkle, I mean, literally. And, uh, so anyway, we, 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 we buy, you know, of course we get back to Seaside, whatever. And so, uh, a few days later I go to the post office and uh, a little tiny post office uh, in Seaside, and I went there almost every day because uh, we had a PO box, and so we went. To, I was going to check the mail, 
And uh, and you know, there's a little tiny town. You know, about five thousand people. Uh, you know, has you know, and where you'd park to go to the post office was facing kind of their employee parking area where they had the trucks and the employee cars and it was behind a fenced area in a cyclone fence so you could see in there. And so uh, so I pull up and just a few days in, I pull up and I look and there's a Periwinkle Camry right there in the employee lot. And honestly, after that, it was there every day because apparently an employee, that was their car. Now, I didn't know that and I'm sure it had been there over and over and over. It's a Periwinkle Camry. And yet it's there. Now, suddenly my eyes are open to it because I owned a Periwinkle Camry. Now, understand that, that when we invest, when we, when we begin to invest in something, our awareness gets heightened to it. It's not because that Camry magically showed up that, that you know, a few days later. I'm sure it was there for, for, who knows, months and years before that. But because it was a used car, you know, whatever. But I'm just saying that your awareness, when you buy a car and you start seeing other cars, it's because your investment puts a demand on your awareness. Now, here's he's, he's saying, if I want the love of God perfected in me, if I want it matured in me, if I want more, if I want more revelation of the love of God, here's how I do it. I do it by loving one another. I do it by actually expressing that love. Love is, like I said, we know what it means to love somebody. We need to love without without respect or persons. You know, we know what it is to love, but usually the problem is we love one person different than another person. We love, you know, our family differently than we do, you know, the person that we just run into on the street or whatever. And and uh, you understand, we should be, have no respect for persons. There is a different relationship. There is a different kind of love. But at the same time, the love of God is not, is, is not different from one or the other. Now, I might express that differently to, to a family member, or I might express that differently to my, to my spouse versus my child, of course. I might express it differently to, to uh, you know, my, my, my friend or my neighbor, differently than to this and this. I might express it differently, but the, the intensity of that love is the same. Okay, even though it, ex- it gets expressed differently, it's like electricity. You know, m- there's electricity going to my computer right now. Well, that is the same electricity. I could actually plug my my drill in, and it's the same electricity, same voltage is coming through. Whatever, it's it's same 120 volts are, are coming through that receptacle, but it's it's being expressed totally differently. But the same electricity is there. That love for that that, that Shedder brought in my heart, it comes from God. It's the love of God. It's not just the love from God. It's the love of God. It's been shed abroad in my heart. And there's an intensity to it. It's a, there's a fire to it. There's a, there's this craziness about it. There's this, this radicalness about it that literally gets up on the day of Pentecost. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they look upon all these people who are in Jerusalem, and many of them, just 50 days earlier, crucified their Lord and their Savior. Many of them yelled, crucify, crucify, when they could have let Barabbas go. And they said, no, let, their, let his blood be upon us. Many of them were in that crowd. And many of them were the ones who, who, who put him to death. And many of them spat upon him and punched him and all these other things. And yet 50 days later, when they, the, 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 these disciples who went through that hurt, went through that pain, went through that trauma, went through watching Jesus bleed out on a cross, you know, went through the agony before he was resurrected, went through all of that, and they're staring at these people, and they say, we preach the forgiveness of sins, and the same forgiveness and the same Holy Spirit that's been given us, we freely give to you. All those who repent and come, this is a free gift. Come and receive it. You see, that's the love of God. It's crazy. It makes no sense. 
But see, that love, mm, I love this, that love never, that love never felt that trauma. That love of God in them never felt the pain. That love never went through the crisis they went through. That love never actually felt that. So that love is free from all of that, that hurt and that pain. That love is free from the threat of it. That love is free from the torment of it. That love is free from ever saying, well, you know, if I do this, maybe something's going to get stolen from me. I might be too vulnerable. I might be too, too whatever. That love says, I never known vulnerability. I was, that love was, was, has been forever before the foundations of the world. It's the love of God himself. It never knows the beginning or an end. It knows no limitation. It's never known hurt, it's never known hurt pain, bondage, trauma, crisis, fear. It's never known these things. It casts out these things. But when it, the way it casts it out, the way it's perfected in us, the way it comes to a mature level in us is when we begin to release it. When we begin to, 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 tell, to tell our mind no, when, the, when we, we, we come up to somebody, we should have the answer. We, we should have the question, how can I love them? Not if I need to love them, but how can I actually crazy, makes no sense, radically love them today? And I don't even know how that's going to look. It might look as simple as just saying hello to them with a smile on your face. It might look as simply as saying, you know what, God loves you. It might be as simple as as texting someone that comes up on your heart just letting them know how much they mean to you, whatever. It might be something as simple as as you know carrying something for them to their car. You know, I don't know, but you understand, we need to be those vessels of love, and we need to get extreme about it. We need to get radical about it. And, and, and it, maybe the expression of it might not be radical, but the energy behind it is radical. And this is the love of God. That's never known trauma, never, and this sets us free from torment. It casts out all fear. And until we do these things, until we love one another, the love of God that shed abroad in our heart will remain in an immature state that will not bear fruit. Okay? Because when it's perfected in us, it casts out all fear. And that means we never have torment again. Praise God. We never have the threat of again because we are free from lock, from from lack, from loss, from theft. We are free from the vulnerability of being of, of being broken again, of being hurt again, because we are tied to a love that never goes away. We're tied to a love that never wavers. There's no meter on the love of God. It's not up one day and down another day. He never changes. That love never changes. That love and knowing we're loved by God, knowing we're one with Him, knowing that he dwells in us and us in him, knowing that we are literally ah, so cherished by our Father gives us boldness before the people around us to say, man, I love you with everything in me. I love you, and you cannot make me stop loving you. I love those who hate me. I bless those who curse me. I pray for those who spitefully use me. And God, and Jesus said when we do that, we will be as our Father in heaven, and we will be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect, praise God, and we will be the children of our Father. So, Father, right now, I thank you for that love. I thank you it's already been shed abroad in us. We are one with you, and you're one with us. And I thank you, Father God. Just, oh, Father, we just choose to let that love be radical. We let it be radical toward those in our family. We let it be radical for those in our jobs. We let it be radical, Lord God, that when we think on somebody, we simply ask, how can I love them in a radical way? How can I show them the radical love of God? How can I allow them to taste and see that the Lord is good? And I just thank you, Lord God, for such an honor that we have to love the people around us. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.